Alleluia, alleluia. God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that everyone who believes in him might not perish, but might have eternal life. Alleluia, alleluia. There's perhaps no verse in all of scripture more celebrated, nothing worth memorizing more than John 3, 16, and nothing that cuts to the hearts of the gospel message that God so loved us that he sent his only son. And if we need more convincing of God's love for us, we look to that first reading in the Book of Wisdom. It really lays out you know, almost this logical argument to convince us that, yes, God does love you. It starts by thinking about the Creator and who the Creator must be. If he can do and make all these things, he must be, in a sense, all-powerful. And yet, even though he's all-powerful, as wisdom says, the whole universe to him is a grain of sand, is a drop in the bucket. The whole universe, compared to God, is as nothing. What does this mean about the Creator? It means that the Creator doesn't need creation. God doesn't need the universe. Well, then that poses the question, then why does the universe exist? Why would he make something outside of himself if he himself is perfect? And then that answer goes to love. Because if God doesn't need the universe, he must have made it because he loves it. Uh, what does love mean? Love, the classical definition, is to will the good of another. To will the good of another. So if God didn't will the universe, didn't make it for himself, he must have made it for itself. He must have made it for its own sake so that it could exist. It could share in his goodness. It could share in his life. In other words, he made it because he loves it. And so why did God make you? If you exist, as wisdom says, it's because God holds you in being, because God has willed you, not because he needs you, but because he wants your good. He wants you to exist. He wants you to share in his life and in his goodness. You exist because he loves you. And that changes everything, that truth and being convinced of it. So everything that is, everything that exists, exists because God loves it. Well, this maybe leads us to question, though, you know, why then does, does evil exist? Why are there bad things then in this world? I don't always see God's love when I look at the world around me. How can God love the world as it is right now? And again, the, the classical answer to this goes back to what evil really is. Evil doesn't really exist in itself. Rather, evil is some good thing, something lovable that has been twisted. Uh, just as, you know, darkness does not really exist in itself, but it's just the absence of light. Uh, so also evil, just the absence of something good that God has created. You look at anything, any sort of evil, uh, floods, just an absence of that harmony of the water cycle. You look at any kind of evil out there in the world, you'll find the people pursuing it are pursuing some good, but they've twisted it. This gets to John Paul II and one of his insights into the opposite of love. Uh, we often think of hatred as the opposite of love. If love is to will the good of another, uh, the opposite of love must be hatred to will evil on another person. 
But he says that's not the usual opposite that we find in our world. We actually don't see that as much as we see this other opposite. If love is to will the good of another, the real opposite of love that we find more often is to will my own good. And that he calls use or abuse, abuse. To will my own good over the good of the other. Uh, To not be as God who wills the good of others, but to make ourselves God and willing our own good. Uh, And this cycle of abuse, uh, all of us are tempted in and trapped in uh, to make use of God's creation uh, beyond his will and to use it for our own pleasure, our own fulfillment. This is the cycle of abuse that Zacchaeus in our gospel is trapped in. He's a tax collector, which means he looks at everyone and everything that God has created, and he looks at it with little dollar signs over it. He looks at it trying to see, what can I get out of this person? What can I get out of that person? He grows up in the system, uh, learning abuse, learning just to take what you can and give nothing back. He's caught in that cycle. And yet he's looking. He's looking for a better way. There must be something better than to just live in this cycle of abuse. And he finds him. Rather, Jesus finds him. Jesus finds him and he says, Behold, I I must come to stay at your house. What is Jesus doing there? But he's giving him a chance to love again. Uh, Jesus has no dollar sign over him. Jesus cannot be used by Zacchaeus. There's nothing that he can get out of him for himself uh, in the usual way as a tax collector. Jesus is saying, I want you to learn how to love me, because in loving me will be your salvation. And so he comes to his house, and it changes Zacchaeus. He immediately starts seeing people differently. He notices the poor. He says, I want to start doing good for the poor. He notices those maybe he's abused in the past. I want to start making things right with them. You see his whole attitude changes when he changes this one thing. I'm no longer here to abuse or use creation or those around me. I'm here to love and to be loved. And that's what we can take away as well, brothers and sisters. A lot of times when we are caught in this cycle of of using things instead of loving them, we can often see everyone else around us as using us. And that can cause fear and anxiety, that fear to be used. That fear that keeps us like Zacchaeus, you know, trapped in on ourselves, avoiding others. Uh, When love changes everything, uh, to will the good of others uh, is the greatest thing uh, we can do with our lives. And so look look for others. Look for other Zacchaeuses out there. There There's so many people that are being taught, you know, to mutually use each other. Uh, Many relationships are really, not really built on love, on will for the good for the other, but on let's both use each other to get pleasure, and hopefully those two will line up for a long period of time. That's no way to find communion. That's no way to find God. And so what people need to hear, maybe from us Christians, is especially that message of love, that God does so love the world, that it's easy, yes, to to use and to be used by others, and yet he's looking for you. He's looking to come and stay with you to show you what love is really means. And so let us receive that love uh, to understand what love really means. When we go to this altar, we receive from the cross uh, where Jesus wills 
not his own good, but the good of his Father and our, and our good, our salvation. Uh, receive from that and be convinced again that God so loved his world that he sent his only Son that anyone who believes in him may have eternal life.